0: Hey everyone, thank you for joining. Is it because I'm fat? Is it? Well, you know, on this podcast, we discuss all sorts of things having to do with plus size, uh, the struggles, the wins, the judgments, the discrimination, just anything that you can think of. Of course, we throw a little fashion in there too because we want to know what's trending, what's hard to find, all of that good stuff. And today, my guest is fat. See, and this is our do-over actually so this is take two
1: <laughs> well i just have to say Rhonda, um I, I know that um i'm very incredibly busy and um i feel like after the first time that we talked i felt happy and just Delighted with life the entire rest of the day. It just <laughs> melded over into my whole day. So I love that. That I get to talk to you a second time just feels like a reward. Oh, that is so sweet,
0: Betsy. Thank you. Oh,
1: I feel like if, if any of you all who are listening ever get a chance, if Rhonda says, Do you want to do a podcast? Do you want to do this? Do you just want to talk on the phone? Just say yes. It <laughs> is a yes, gift.
0: Because I'm here for it all.
1: It is a gift. I am here for it all. Thank you so
0: much. Well, um, actually, how's your day going today so far?
1: It's going really well. Um, I was surprised. So um, I my physical abilities have slowed me down somewhat lately. So I have just under 100 listings on eBay right now, uh-huh. which is low. And I had five sales yesterday.
0: Yay! under 100,
1: 100 listings. So this was good. Now, I feel like it was some pretty cool stuff. All but, right. um, and it was not all plus size stuff, but most of it. But I felt like, um, you know, I know people are worried about summer slowdown.
0: Uh-huh. But- I'm just not worried about that.
1: That's good. And I just felt like I'm so happy that cute clothes are getting out there. I'm yes. excited people are going to, you know, be wearing them. And I love just to not like pictures. So, how about you? Um, How's your day going?
0: Oh, my day has been going great. I've just been busy, seems like every hour on the hour, but you know, that's a good thing. And I'm blessed to be able to, you know, just have the energy to do it all. Yes well today as since it's our do-over uh i just thought that um we would just kind of start at a different place than we did before so this time out i really want to ask uh talk about you know being plus size now has have you been plus size
1: all your life i have been plus size for most of my life and i think it's really interesting lately there's even almost a division between factions of people who are calling themselves midsize, plus size, super plus size, and then different words because some people are offended by those words and everything like that.
2: Yeah. I'm not
1: trying to make fun of any of that because I feel like if you feel really positive about speaking up for your identity and who that you feel that you are and what you believe in and what you're proud of, that's awesome. I also want to say though, I think it's great when we can all come together mm-hmm. and be there for each other. So why I mention that at this moment is because when I was little, I was considered chubby
2: mm-hmm.
1: and like slow and stuff like that. And wow. Well, yeah, like I was always the slowest to run the mile and oh, I was yeah. always the last kid. And then, you know, I was also the one with my nose in the book all the time. So, you know, there was the, there were, there were the, all the getting fat, all times getting called fat. And then there was all the getting called nerd, mm. but my mom said, and I used to, I didn't tell her this, but I used to feel kind of bad when she would say this, but now I kind of love it. She said, because I grew, I was a little kid in the 70s, so if you remember the Muppet Show at all. Oh, yes. She said I was like Miss Piggy because I was larger and I was not what you would call a traditional model in my looks or anything, but I acted like I didn't know it. I acted, she said I acted like I was fabulous, so I was fabulous. She said I didn't let it stop me. I mean, in a
0: way, I mean, I see where she was going with this. Right. Because now, you know, Miss Piggy is a badass.
1: Right, right. Now, I understand, though, how she was watching for this kind of stuff because, and I'm very careful about what I say about anyone else in my family, but I can say this one thing. When she was five in the early 1950s, They put her on amphetamines, which is speed. Oh no. Because in the early fifties, they were like, oh, she's a little overweight. We don't want that. I couldn't hear. Sorry. That was Siri. (laughs) They put her on speed when she was five years old because she wasn't skinny. So, I mean, the only reason I mention this is because we think about now and we think about the unfairness and the cruelty and the inequalities of now. And I just want to say, this has gone back a long time. So when I look back to my childhood and I think about getting picked on then, and I think about you know my mom getting put on speed when she was five, and I think mm-hmm. about all these things, you know, yes, most of the time I was plus size, I was chubby when I was little. And then I think it gets stuck with you. I think it can get stuck inside you, like inside your heart. Mm-hmm. I think it can become like so internalized that you take it out on other people.
0: Oh, which i think, yeah. like
1: you know i'm not doing that you right, know
0: right but that is that can happen I mean.
1: yes it totally can happen but also it can take a toll on your self-esteem forever and but it also i think can stick with other people where they're like oh well she used to be chubby so i'm gonna still do this because when i was in high school i shot up in eighth grade i shot up six inches one one winter and so it was pretty much when I switched from middle school to high school and there were people who were older and all of a sudden they thought I was cool and pretty and all this stuff, which was totally weird to me. But then people who came with me from middle school still called me that still called me nerd. And it was like, but this is, this is a thing though. It speaks to me now because people like that, they're not seeing you. And I don't just mm-hmm. mean the mm-hmm. pounds you are or the size you are in clothes. They're not seeing you. When they insult you, they're not seeing you. They're seeing some kind of hate and shallowness in their own heart.
0: Right. You know? that's, just, that's just so true. I just think that, well, as we all know, kids can be just plain out, flat out hurtful and rude when you know they're in school. And um, I just think that I, I'm just still stuck on your mom and having that happen to her
1: well I know and so she was five and she you know she was in kindergarten and she said it was terrifying because she could feel her heart beating really fast and she felt very anxious and she felt scared and she didn't know what was going on so they took her off of them but they were really disappointed, like, oh, I guess she's just going to be fat. Wow. Not the parents, but the doctor. Right. And I'm thinking, what is going on? Here? <laughs> what is our
0: priority here? <laughs> right, right. I mean, that makes it sound like she was just a test. Uh, you know, somebody just test this out. We're just going to give her this. And we're just going to let her test it out and see if it works. I mean, but first mm-hmm. of all, Five
1: years old. Mm-hmm, five. Is that even? They would never do that now.
0: No, but back then, again. I think that they yeah. those were their options. So that I nineteen. I, mean, I kind of see it, but then again, it's still kind of like five, right? Well, okay, so um, now that um, in your adulthood. Mm-hmm um i know that you know of course you are plus size which i like to say that just we we'll are just full on thank you <laughs> and um now i know that you are um are dealing with your um a disability so can you kind of just enlighten us about that how it is to be plus size and have a have a disability or you know i kind of what got you to this point right here
1: sure absolutely so um while um you know people would see the the miss piggy the try to be strong on the outside i will say this one thing and it's what i'm about to tell you about my disability too. and i wonder if you have experience with this um i remember many years many many times when i would think in my heart in my mind you know, there would be magazines like 17 and all those other magazines. And there would be these things for camps at the back where you lose a bunch of weight one summer and then go back to school. And I would think if I could just afford that camp, my life would start all over. People would know that I was a worthy human being. They would all of a sudden see me. They would know they would want to do this and that. And it, I'd be so cool. And then um, And then even there were all these times that I put these limitations on myself and I'd say, oh, well, I can't go swimming this summer because I weigh. And I remember I would do this when I weighed 150 pounds, which now I'm like, that's a fantastic That's nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And I would be like, I weigh 150 pounds. I can't go swimming this summer. No one could see me in a swimsuit. I'd be so embarrassed. Right or like, I can't go do this, I can't go do that, I can't ask a guy out, I can't, whatever, because Uh I'm fat. And I think about so many times I wasted when nothing was wrong with me. When those feelings and like the culture of shame was what was going on. I had a healthy body. Mm -hmm. I wasted so many years of that healthy body. And I just want to say, if you're listening to this, please don't waste a single day Mm -hmm. thinking that you are not worthy to go swimming or to go take a walk outside or to wear an outfit that you love if you can see a little roll in your stomach. So what? Go have fun. Go live that day.
0: Don't spend that day. That is so true. Well, I will tell you this quick story about the camp. Now, my parents never really, um, you know, made me feel like out of place or anything about my, you know, about my weight or whatever. But I do remember, and I would not have remembered this had you not mentioned camp, but I do remember that my parents were thinking, um, You know, it's almost summertime, you know, and then my mom said, well, something about camp. Like, well, what about, what about, how do you feel about going to camp this summer? And I was all excited. like, yes, honey, I get to go to camp and have all this fun. Cause that's all I was thinking, you know, and seeing and all of this kind of thing. And, um, now mind you, I didn't know it was a fat camp. Uh Uh-oh. So I'm all excited going to camp. Yes, yes, rah, rah, rah. And then later on, um, I think that I found the pamphlet because you know how those pamphlets were back in the day. And it was a fat camp. But I really didn't know how to feel at that time. Right. Because I'm still in my mind, I'm still excited about just going away for the summer, going to camp. Right. You know, and all the activities they had. But, I mean, I never ended up going. I forgot what happened. My dad decided, you know, he was like, no, let's just go on vacation. Okay. And so we ended up just going on vacation. But it was the fact that I'm thinking how she presented it to me like it was just a regular old camp. I would have got there and probably been so ticked off, like, where the food at? <laughs> you know, <laughs> while you're presenting it to me just like it's a camp. Right, but um, I think that anything. I mean, I think those places are fine. I think you just have to investigate, do your research, and really talk it over and be honest with your child about it. Right. Don't just present it as they're gonna get to go to camp and they're gonna be yeah, you'll be doing a lot of uh, activities because that's part of your exercise. Right. You know the swimming, the hiking, and I'm just I'm not even about hiking as an adult, <laughs> but but. Um, I think that those places are fine. I think that now, if it, I think that I was on diet pills. I was in junior high, so I was either in the eighth or ninth grade when I got on, wow. on diet pills, which did help, and that was fine. I never had any kind of adverse refect, effect okay. uh, because of them, so that was great. But um, I just think about how many uh, options they had back in the 70s. Uh, For things and diet pills was one of them uh, for me, but these days, I mean, there's just all kind of things. But um, when you were thought, when you um, thought about camp, would that have been something
1: that? I mean, here's the thing: like, I think you're right. It has so much to do with how it's explained to you, and then I think there are probably camps. Well, I mean, and I can't say probably I'm not, that's presumptuous. Maybe there are camps out there that are healthy lifestyle camps where, cause you know, so many Americans, a stereotype is like you shove yourself full of supersized food and you front uh-huh. of the TV or video games 12 hours a day. And that's all you do. Now uh-huh. we both know that that is just not the case for everyone. Uh-huh. But I think that if that if. Like, say if that's the lifestyle that someone's leading, and then if there's a, a camp that's more of a healthy lifestyle, so it's not set up to be all McDonald's and video games, and you can teach kids, like, let's find the activities that you love that involve movement, you know, and let's try all these different healthy foods and mm-hmm. see what you enjoy. Then, hey, that could be great. That could be great for anybody, adults, anybody. But I have this fear just based on how it could be, you know, if they just make kids say a hundred times a day as they're doing jumping jacks, like nothing tastes as good as being thin feels, you know, and all those different shame based things. Um, I'm sure that there are places that are like that too,
0: right? Right. I agree. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, of course
1: as adults, I mean, they have
0: those places where you can go and you can uh, lose weight or at least they used to um, have them where you could go and as in as an adult and just, right. you know, uh which another, I still think people still refer to it as fat count, but right. it's just for adults. Right. But, um, again you know you have to do your research on anything that you're going to do like that you want to you know make sure it's the accredited place right and things of that nature but moving um forward about um i want you to tell your story about you know your uh what you're going through right now with your disability
1: okay so in 2007 i was um 29 years old And I was a teacher and I was a very fortunate teacher who, um, had won. I'm, I'm very blessed to say that I won the Fulbright scholarship and was able to go study and teach in Paraguay and South America, um, and won a full scholarship to graduate school while I was teaching. And, um, I mentioned this because Part of it is probably still being defensive about being ended up ending up being disabled. I think that a lot of people hear the word disabled and they automatically think lazy. And I think that's really sad. So when I mention these things and all the same thing with being a certain weight. So when I was doing all this and I was like doing these scholarships and teaching full time and doing graduate school and everything. I weighed about 235 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that first because, oh my gosh, she mentioned a pound weight. That's not 125 pounds. Like, and she didn't fall down dead that second. <laughs> you know, I was okay. 20 and I did this and I was doing things and I was very busy and you can do that you can do great things you know it's just to go from why i mentioned you know all those times when i'd say i can't swim i can't do this i can't Mm -hmm, accomplish mm -hmm. this i can't go meet these people you know so i just want to say when i changed that attitude i was like oh yes i can go for the scholarship i can work really hard i can do this and be over 200 pounds or over 300 pounds or any over 400 pounds any weight you can do awesome things so you know, if you're listening, please know you can do great things, you can do awesome things, you matter. Um, And one day I was driving home and my drive was about 50 miles each way. And the speed limit was 70 on the highway, and a semi going over 80 miles per hour slammed into me from behind.
2: Mm.
1: And uh, it pushed me so hard that I clipped the car in front of me too but not so hard that the front airbags deployed. Mm-hmm. So my forehead and my nose smashed into my steering wheel oh my gosh. and caused a closed head injury and my nose was spraying blood. Um, I felt very confused and stuff instantly, but strangely enough, you know, people say, there are people who say, I completely panicked when something like this happened to me and there are people who say that they get this great calm and I was one of those people who got this great calm and I don't think that the people who get the great calm are necessarily better people. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I get that. I just, for some reason, I, you know, I had my hands on the steering wheel still and I was trying to angle myself safely off of the highway because there was a big ditch. It was in a rural area between the two cities mm-hmm. you know college town where i lived and in kansas city where i taught and there's a big ditch and i was like am i gonna roll in addition to this accident what's gonna happen i didn't know and i thought to myself you know and to the to the to the universe you know if this is it thank you for everything mm. because despite challenges and hard times in my life that i've had i'd also had such beautiful times and i've been so blessed and I, that was my thought and then i lost consciousness mm, mm, mm. so wow. um, you don't necessarily think that when you're 29 that you're going to end up being classified severely disabled and that you know be told that you'll never have the life that you had before again. Mm-hmm. But what complicated it is that the police officer who finally got to the scene, someone else called. I was unconscious. Um, I, he knocked on the car window. I woke up or came out of it. I managed to get out of the car, which in a second, when you hear what was wrong with me, you'll be surprised. Um, And I was sobbing and I was terrified and I didn't know what was going on and I didn't know what to do. And the police officer called my partner at the time and he sent me home instead of to the hospital.
0: I just don't, I just don't, this will never make sense to me, ever. Why this person decided, oh, I'll just drop her off at home. She looks fine. But you have
1: blood like all around. Yeah, I will never understand it either. And it was almost 14 years ago. And there was definitely a time that I thought about it a lot. Uh-huh. But thinking about it a lot made me more and more upset because his decision to do that definitely affected my life. Um, as with the close head injury, my brain swelled,
2: uh-huh.
1: and so did my spine. And later MRIs and CTs noted bone spurs and a changing of the pattern of my vertebrae that meant that I had had a hairline fracture, a.k.a. I broke my neck. Mm-hmm. And I walked out of the car. And I don't get that either. Oh. <gasps> but it wasn't a full break. It wasn't right. all the way through break. It was this hairline fracture that only went part of the way in. You know which thank goodness because it already has changed my life in immense ways i'm very fortunate that it didn't do more yes. but what it did do was start an immediate migraine and for anyone who has migraines you know they're not quote unquote just headaches yes. um my migraines make me lose vision um they make me lose the ability to process information out of my right eye so if i'm out shopping which is a more fun topic (laughs) and i'm looking at stuff out of my right eye i can't tell you what's there i can see it but i can't tell you what's there i walked down a candy aisle one day and i didn't realize that one of my migraines one of my hemiplegic migraines was setting in and um the person i was with was like okay so what'd you decide what you know what'd you see I had no memory of anything along that whole aisle and it's because even though i have vision i don't have processing so i had to go back down it the other way looking with my left eye um i get times when i have full paralysis um on the entire right side of my body and it lasts for hours and it's a symptom that only about one in a hundred thousand people have so this isn't even a standard migraine symptom but then it causes pain and pins and needles and um, like problem of function for at least a week and i don't have a week between them so i consistently have lower use of the right side of my body
2: Mm
1: -hmm. and i would not necessarily have had this or a number of my other health issues if I had been treated for head injury and concussion protocol right away. Right. Right. And this is
0: so true because again, like you said, it's been 14 years now. Yeah. And of course I'm, you know, I can't imagine um, how, how it makes you feel now because me, when you first told me, I was just, I mean, the more I thought about it, the more man I got for you. Um, and, you know, I just thought, I was, I was just thinking to myself, uh, where, Now, where is this idiot? You know, because I think that, you know, are, were you just, you just put that badge on to play, uh, right. officer, because any other officer would not have done that. I don't believe, you know, because I'm just thinking, what are you thinking when you're seeing some, I don't, I mean, if you, your nose was injured Right. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm in my mind I'm thinking, so did you think it was just a nosebleed? Did you think, what did you think? I mean, because if you injured your nose in that manner, there's, there's, you know, you're like a faucet almost. Right. So I just can't get past the fact that, you know, this person um, took you home like, oh, she got out the car.
1: She walked. She all right. She got a little nosebleed. Let me just take her on home. And when, you know, I know I've had people ask me, too, well, like, why did you tell him, okay, and not just go straight to a hospital? Well, my brain was swelling. Yes. I was thinking clearly. I was just going to do what the guy said, because, you know, I'm still out, But... Unfortunately in you know your wise words, I think sometimes people with badges do come to play, although that's another story, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, that um, would be a,
0: a whole different story.
1: That would be a different topic.
0: <laughs> but, but how long was it? Um, because before you ended up just taking yourself or did someone had to take you or
1: it was the next morning because I went home and I felt suddenly so exhausted and I was really hurting. I was really exhausted and I felt so out of it. It felt like being very drunk, but worse. Mm-hmm. And I went to sleep at 6.30 p.m. And normally I was a 6.00 a.m. to midnight person. Right. Busy the whole time and doing stuff the whole time.
2: Mm-hmm. And I am
1: like, tired, I have to go to bed. I went to bed at 6.30 p.m. School started before 8.00 a.m. And I had a 50 mile drive, so I was I was up at 5:36 in the morning. I had an alarm set. I don't know what happened. I didn't wake up until 8:30 in the morning. Wow. And it was a weekday, and I got a call from the school, and I was able to pick up the phone, but my whole body felt wrong and in horrible pain, and something it didn't respond super well. And I I picked up the phone and was like, "Hi," and it was the school being like. Hi, Betsy, are you coming to work today? I had never, I mean, I. Oh,
0: oh my goodness. I tell you that this story is amazing. I'm sure they were wondering where you were and what happened. Yeah. Oh my. Okay, you guys, here we came on a little technical difficulty. I'm just trying to see what is going on right never, here.
1: You know.
0: Oh, wow. Yes, I don't, I don't know. Mind. We're having a little technical difficulty.
1: Yes, can you still hear? Yeah. Me?
0: Okay. Well, you just kind of kept going in and out there for a minute and then it buffered.
1: Okay. Hi. Um, Okay. I I could hear you. So you were saying this story was interesting. So the next morning when I went to the doctor, then, you know, they told me at work to take the day off. They would get a sub. Um, The doctor, unfortunately, also really minimized what was going on. Hmm. And I told him i had a horrendous headache that i couldn't see correctly that i couldn't move well he told me i'd be fine it was normal to be a little stiff after a car accident and i said you know i read something online it sounds like i have a migraine he said you don't oh and he sent me home
0: so dismissive
1: and i again i have to say I think it's really interesting, you know, that you're kind of putting the topics together about about weight and disability because I would not be surprised, as I've had other doctors but up, say to me, um, you know, we don't believe you that you're doing X, Y, and Z for your health because you're overweight.
2: Uh-huh.
1: So we don't think that's true. And you just need to try harder or, you know, nothing's wrong with you. You're just fat. You just need to eat less calories and you'll be fine and so it was not until day 12 of this migraine and of not being able to move properly and everything like that when i went back to the doctor and i said look it's september 19th tomorrow's my birthday i'm in horrendous pain i'm crying every day he's like you're just anxious because we're in a car wreck and i'm like no i'm in a lot of physical pain um and he said, okay, well, I'm going to try this medication on you. And it's a, it's a migraine medication called Imitrex. And it's not going to do anything because you don't have a migraine. But if you did, in 15 minutes, it would be gone. So I'm going to have the nurse come give you this shot. And I'll be back in 15 minutes. And then we'll discuss how you're just making this up. Oh. No, I never went back to this doctor again.
0: I, I don't blame you.
1: The nurse gave me the shot. It worked almost instantly because it was a migraine. <laughs> he came back in. Oh, I guess you did. Okay, well now that you're better, bye.
0: <gasps> oh, no, that would have never done. And this is why <laughs> now that <they, they, laughs> this is why now they tell you, uh, they they really just implore you to stand. Stand by what your body is feeling. Yes. If you feel like you need an MRI, then you fight for to get that. Right. If you feel as though you need to be checked for anything and you're just, let's check for this. Let's check for everything. Let's do the blood work. Let's do the, the x rays. Let's do all these things. Because, again, you know, sometimes I think, I'm, I'm not quite sure, but I'm thinking that sometimes it makes it a little bit more difficult for us when we're plus size to find out, to detect some things, you know. And, uh, but even if you're not, I mean, and you're going through something or your body's not feeling right to you or you're feeling any type of way, definitely, you know, say, look, my body, I know how I feel. I feel this way. And look, let's do this. Let's take this course of action. I think that you just have to fight for yourself, because you know doctors are—you know—they they went to school, they have their degree, they have a little licenses hanging on the on the wall, but you know, some—I'm not going to say all—some just have that complex and think they just know it all.
1: And thank you for saying that. I think that's really important information for everybody to keep in mind. Um, You know, um, and I do think that people who are plus size, you know, a a lot of whom, I won't say everybody, because maybe there's an exception to this, but a lot of whom get commentary like, oh no, no one would ask you out because you're fat. No one would, you can't wear this because you're fat, you can't do this, you can't go here, you can't whatever. When you hear a lifetime of those comments, and then you have a doctor who's dismissive of you or anyone else who's dismissive of you it's hard to i think it's harder to fight back because you've been beaten down for so long
2: Uh by so uh many
1: insults that it is hard not to internalize them and believe them and feel like well they're right
0: right exactly
1: it's i am lesser than i'm not worthy i don't matter so i should just go home and you know we are worthy we do matter we oh, do we do make change in this world we do all kinds of wonderful things and
0: oh, i so agree
1: and you know to me what matters so much about people is their heart and their mind and their spirit and their drive and so many things that your body. Yes, you have one body and it's wonderful to treat it well and be good to it. And, and, you know, eat things with high nutrients and all of those things. Uh But it's like, it's also, it's one thing it's one thing about you and there are so many other things that carry us through this world and that matter and make us who we are and you know we need to we need to remember that and so anyway i have wonderful doctors now and i have a number of diagnoses that stem from neurological damage from the accident. And I am not going to go into all of that (laughs) because I would rather talk about fun things. But I will say, you know, that one thing that was one of the biggest things that I had to learn that took me a long time is that when you get all these labels, when you get these diagnoses, when the doctors say, well, shouldn't do this anymore or you've got a problem with this thing about you and stuff it feels so hurtful and so heavy and it's so hard to hear that for me for years i forgot that i wasn't just disabled and when i say it like that i mean i felt worthless i felt broken i felt because to me, my belief is that I'm on this earth to help people. And when I could no longer walk into the world, like my hair was on fire trying to do 500 things a day. Um, I felt like I was nothing. Now I do mm-hmm. not know about anyone else. I do not have... I would never feel this way about any other human being on the planet, as I did to myself for those years. But I thought it's done. I can't teach. I can't help all these kids all the time. I can't do the kind of volunteer work that I was doing. I'm. Uh-huh. I am just taking up space. And you know what? I don't even like saying that now because I don't want you or anyone else to hear this and think that I think that about anyone because Mm -hmm. it was not the feeling that I had about any other person. It was what I did to myself. And so all over again, just like how I had learned that not being a size zero didn't make me worthless. I had to pull myself out and say, okay, Etsy, forget about what you can't do anymore that you did. What can you do? What can you do today? What can you try to relearn how to do tomorrow? What, you know, who are you? You're not only your body. You don't think that about anyone. Stop (laughs) You know, and it's, you know, it was a long process for me. Was it, did this, did this, does any of this resonate for you or did you not, have that part of the journey
0: um i think that well i'll just say for me i think that if i felt any way like that it was um during the time when i was heavier Mm
2: -hmm.
0: before i even found out that i weighed 464 pounds Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and i just started feeling my you know my body change and then there were things i couldn't do yeah and um, because it was just painful, knees, body, everything hurt. So, you know, I think that I came to, that's really kind of when I started thinking about, okay, something has got to change, you know, in me, because I've always been that person on the go, going here, going there, doing this, doing that. And so when I got to a point where it was just, my body was just like, look, I'm tired and it was painful and then I had to rely on, you know, people to do things for me, which I really secretly hated. I hear you. <laughs> and so I think I was at that point that I decided, I, I remember like it was yesterday. It was uh, new year's and um, New Year's Eve actually. And I said, you know what? I just prayed and I said, look, I just need a change and I'm going to commit to making a change in my life, mind, body, soul. And I, you know, because I said, I just do not want to exist anymore. I want to live. I don't want to just exist. And that's where I found my place. My, my, I think that was probably my, one of my darkest times is that I realized at that moment, that I was, um, I was breathing, but I wasn't living. Mm. And at that point in time, I was like, yeah, something's gotta change. And like you, it's not about focusing so much on what you can't do, it's focusing on what you're gonna, what you can do, what you're going to be able to do, or, you know, learn, Again, in a different way. So, you know, that's kind of where my dark space was. And it's so weird because for me to be in that space, because I was always confident. Miss confidence, honey. I just walk around, you know. And I was one of those,
2: <laughs> sadly,
0: sadly, I was one of those people that were like, well, if you didn't want me, that's your fault. That's your, you missed out, honey. You know, that's your problem. And go on about my business. But I never really had a problem dating. I dated, mm-hmm. um, you know, all you know. I dated all the time. I was in other relationships. This this last one, I mean, like eighteen years. Um, you know, I mean, so I never really even have a had a problem dating. Um, but when I got up to that weight, you know, again, I did see the changes, you know, in my in my situationship. Um, it was just the dynamic started changing. And um, then, after, you know, but that's another whole story after weight loss surgery. But, you know, I was at that place. So I totally get it. But, you know, I'm glad that you and I have moved past that.
1: Yes. Well, you know, I mean, that's you a good thing, little, honey. You said something little. Some little piece like, well, my problem was that I never, I was always confident and I was like, that's your problem. Okay, but I don't think that's a problem. I think that's amazing. I think that it's awesome that you said that. Like, hey, if you don't wanna date me, fine you know yeah. I was just like okay that's your fault that's not my fault yeah yes. <laughs> because I feel like we're supposed to apologize if we're sorry right. right. we're supposed to be like oh I'm so sorry it's my fault I don't deserve anything well no you know so you not only to the person that you dated I'm glad did you say those things but I'm glad
0: uh-oh so Y'all, I don't edit anything, so when you guys hear this, it might be a little lag in the conversation because I just don't edit, and I, because that's just the realness that I want to portray. But um, I lost Betsy, so hopefully she will be right back with us here momentarily. I don't know. I think our, I think the online gods are just like, no, no, not today. But I mean, hopefully she'll be back with us materially. Yay, she's seems oh, just just to be <laughs> No, that's fine. But you know, because I don't edit anything. So the way I lay it out is the way I lay it out. And because I just like the to be very authentic. And uh not it's more about being authentic than it is to be perfect for me. But um I do I mean I do I you're right, it wasn't a problem. But I think that this is what I find funny. Is that now, if I wanted to date or whatever, mm. now even after I've lost all that weight, right. now I'm thinking, oh, now I have all this loose skin on my tummy. That ain't
1: nobody got time for that. And you know <laughs> what? Any <laughs> <You know> <laughs> and any scars you have and anything else that you have that you feel like is in- imperfection, you know what those all are. They're part of the roadmap of your life. They are mm-hmm. on the roadmap of your life. They are part of the story that makes you you. And you are beautiful. Like I feel talking to you, I feel this warmth and this intelligence and this beauty radiate off you from the internet <laughs> I'm like, oh, you say from the internet <laughs> do I <like> <laughs> do i like to be positive with people yes but would really? i say that if i didn't mean it no
0: right, right. you know if and like, i feel that from you and I appreciate i'm gonna receive it in the spirit from which it was given thank and you and things because you know I tell you that um I think about um times back then which was not so long ago it was only like two years ago when I had weight loss surgery but I think of that place sometimes and I thank um, thank the man above that I moved past it mm-hmm. but then again like I say now I'm just kind of like Ugh. you know do I want it? I mean you know I start thinking sometimes like oh, nobody wants to deal with that I don't want to show that to anybody You know, but um, then on the other hand, I'm like, oh, well, it's me. So that's what it is. But let's, okay. I want to talk about um, clothes and a little, you know, get into how it is, because I do know um, firsthand how it's been um, to shop. Because I think I, before I share with you that when I was younger, you know, uh, my mom took me to Sears and Roebuck. Yes. You have to go over the, to the chubby aisle. Yes. And I just used to hate being in the chubby, chubby aisle. Me you too. Know, the <laughs> chubby section, rather. <laughs> it just, because why? Because they had a big sign that said chubby section. Yes, I remember it. <laughs> and I think later on down the line for boys they called it chunky. Right,
1: and then husky,
0: and then husky. I'm just like I had all these words, but um, I mean, I always, I always did manage to come out with, you know, some. I wore uniforms for years until I got to public school in eighth grade, so that was the problem when the problem started because my mom was just like, I don't know what to get, but I wanted to dress really cute and things like that, like everybody else. Yep. My and my aunt would buy my school clothes every year. And she was pr- pretty much more or less told my uh, mom to uh, let her pick out her clothes, and my, I think my mom was nervous, like, "What? Let her pick out her own clothes?" But um, <laughs> you know, I ended up, you know, being able to do. But how is it for you to uh, shop and buy clothes? And I, y'all, I just have to say, Betsy's kitty cat is so sweet. <laughs> I mean, just rubbing her face, and I'm like, "Oh my God." So cute. <laughs> I, I. Look, like, can you talk of, to me?
1: One of the things that I did when I was mostly bed bound was to bottle feed kittens who lost their mothers Aww. before they were weaned. And so these are bottle babies. So that's why they're like this. Oh, okay. Because they think I'm their moms. Oh, that is
0: so sweet. You uh, guys, I wish you could see it. Just touching her face so gently. You know, Oh. Uh. I miss having a, a pet period, but um, hopefully one day I'll get to have a pet again. But um, yeah, I wanted to know if um, you had faced any issues younger for getting clothes or even we can move on up to now, how, um, how you, um, do you shop online a lot or do you go out shop? So those are kind of, the, that's kind of the conversation I want to have right now. So you guys, uh, I just put all those questions out to Betsy because she probably can hear me. I just can't hear her right now, and hopefully she will be back with us in um, shortly. So I wanted you guys to know that I'm actually um, doing this podcast about plus sizes because I think that these is important. These are important stories to tell. I think this these are stories that uh someone needed to hear. I don't know who, but I know it's someone. So um we're gonna continue on with Betsy and her boobo kitty.
1: Um and I think you're absolutely right. It is important, I think, because I feel like we can um as women um of size, I feel like we can talk about um, fashion and plus size fashion in a different way than like a marketing director who is trying to make more money by talk, you know, by adding plus size clothes. I feel like we can talk about it differently than fashion editors who are like, okay, fine. A lot of people who could potentially be readers of ours are plus size, so we should try to enter that market. Mm-hmm. But you know, actual humans who are plus size and who wear plus size and who try to find good plus size and stuff that works and is fashionable and fun and it's different. So I think what you're doing is incredibly important. Um, I think that... um,
0: Well, were you... uh, Okay, so did you have uh, issues as a child or do you have issues now finding uh, um, plus size clothes?
1: Well, so I think for everybody in the last year, it's been interesting because I read some stat that people gain an average of 29 pounds.
0: I gained 28.
1: Okay. And I I think I've gained about 40 and Mm -hmm. I've had some medications that have complicated that, but whatever I own it, I've gained about 40. And I think what's tricky is, but what I think that other people who are not plus size maybe caught a tiny spark of, although they didn't really realize that it was something we deal with all the time, is, you know, I heard so many complaints of like, well, we can't try these clothes on. The the dressing rooms are closed. Well, n- you know, a newsflash for a lot of people who wear straight sizes is that while they have a lot of storefronts that they can walk in and try everything on and it's gonna be there and it's gonna be in their size, there are so many brands that have nothing for us at all. Mm
2: -hmm. They
1: do have something. The good chance is that it's only going to be online. Mm -hmm. A ton of times we don't get to try things on, you know, for fit or for style. We don't get to see what it's like. We have to guess, order it from a website and hope, you know, and, um, So i feel like that's something that like was exaggerated over the past year in a way but but that is just a reality for us um um, but yeah i've had problems with clothes um but i know something i mentioned last time that happened as a kid but also now is that this misunderstanding with a lot of people who design clothing is that Uh everything has to be that Horrible, non-breathable, thick poly. Yes, I remember you. Re- yes, we did talk about that,
0: and that is so true. As I have a pair of my ex, my because uh, I saved a pair of my uh, like one, two, three, probably four pair of my big clothes because they're just comfortable now. Sure. And as I have a pair of the shorts on, and I thought about that when you said that, and I thought that is so true. Do I think that we all, that that, that we all just want stretching it.
1: Right. And, you know, um, just the sweat and just the discomfort. It's just awful Um, in that, in that horrible polyester. And I think, you know, I want natural fibers. I want cotton um you know or linen or at least give me rayon you know right right
0: exactly
1: (laughs) (laughs) make the design so that it'll work um not everything has to look like a tent
0: no and not everything has to have flowers you know i mentioned that that's my pet peeve oh yeah it's not everything has to look like we stepped out of the botanical garden Right, You know, with these flowers, I tell you, now on a smaller level, I can take a little flower, you know, but not this explosion of floral all over the place.
1: Yes. And also the misunderstanding with a lot of places that clothes that are plus size means that you want to dress like a 90 year old.
0: mm, Yes, yes.
1: Because, I mean, like... Even a lot of that
0: granny clothes,
1: we don't want to dress like that,
0: uh-huh. you know, I, I, I add someone's grandmother don't want to dress like
1: that. Exactly. <laughs> so I mean, I know that like with hipsters and some people in Gen Z that Alfred Dunner's having a moment,
2: uh-huh. people
1: are wearing granny clothes, but like in the overall market, um, I don't want to look like a doily or
0: all right. right. Nothing against Little House on the Prairie, but I just don't want to no. dress like that. Exactly. I love Little House on the Prairie, by the way. Yes. But that was not the word. Now, maybe back then when I was a kid, I was like, oh, man, yeah, I want that dress. I didn't know any better. But, um, you know, I don't want to read I, I actually do not want to live the 70s, 80s, 90s that I've already been through. <laughs> you know, in my style of dress. Now, mm-hmm. mind you, it does. It does make me feel like why didn't I keep all those clothes? Oh right. And then on the flip side, there are a few pieces I see every now and then that I think that um, you know I would probably wear, but I'd have not the full garb of the whole era. I'd have to mix that with something modern and and things. But I yeah, I, yeah, I'm not for that
1: though. And do a whole. Series in my Instagram called "Mixing Vintage with Modern," Uh where I have um, a photo layout with several photos, and it'll be a couple pieces, a piece centered on a piece that's vintage, Uh a couple pieces that are vintage, and then mixing kind of more modern pieces with it because I feel like a lot of people don't know. I've had people ask me, okay, well, I know you sell some vintage, but like, how do I wear that? What do I do with that? So I realized it was time to start that series. And I think just like what you said, Rhonda, I feel like that, you know, I'm old enough to remember an entire fashion cycle, right? A generation of fashion is just like about a generation of of living about 30 Uh years. And so I remember... Everything from ultra skinny pants to gigantic bell bottoms, and I've worn mm. all of those things.
0: Cigarette, totally. Mm-hmm. totally. And then totally. went
1: from that to the
0: to the bell bottoms, which mm-hmm. I love bell bottoms today.
1: I do too, but um, but yeah. So I do a series of that on Instagram of mixing the vintage with modern pieces, and as many of those as possible, I do plus size
0: items. Right. right. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, my, my thing about, I mean, like I said, I do love bell bottoms today, but bell bottoms back then for me, I wore with platforms because, oh, okay. you know, I have, you know, because now, of course, I have short people problems. I'm only one. Bell <laughs> bottoms on me would not, would not even be bell bottoms because I'd have to have them altered, you know, hang over the shoe just right, like back in the day, you know. And now I'm not wearing platforms or heels because my knee is that. so okay. I can't even do that. So bell bottoms for me would be challenging for me we to wear right to now.
1: Petite bell bottoms.
0: See this? Let me just say this. <laughs> I have, I'm just too good, delicious for a petite. So, <laughs> so petite would not even begin to cover the badonkadonk that yeah. I have. <laughs> Which is is so funny because I tell you that um, I I say that, I used to say all the time I had to dress for all my junk in the trunk, see I just have all kinds of things to call it. And um, now now with my fupa, which I call a flopper, now I feel like, now I feel like I have to dress for that, you know, camouflage that. And I'm just like, okay, you know, this is all just getting to be too much. But I think that, you know, in general, I just, I think it's important really first and foremost for if you're plus size, that you really know and do the research, but know exactly what you wear, what size you wear, you know, because, you know, at the end of the day, we may be plus size, but we're also stylish. Yes, and know what works for you. Just like anyone who is on a smaller level knows that they can buy this, this, and this. Well, different brands, of course, are, uh, sizes for us fit differently. You know, because there's one there's one company I was speaking about earlier, um, and they have a plus size or curvy line. but they run a tad bit smaller like you get a 3x and it fits like a 2x well this is stuff that companies need to understand is that if you're advertising if this is a 3x you need this to be a 3x right not fit like a 2x or a 1x so i think that they need to be more mindful of fit Mm -hmm. and and not and maybe have some people on your team who are plus size who can help you with this situation
1: absolutely have people yes people they need people in the design room Mm -hmm. exactly and yes and now i can understand and we touched on this a little bit in our first in our first go around on this most of the time models you know who you see in plus sizes are a size 16, a size 14, or even a size 12 or a 10.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and you know what? Those people are lovely human beings and they're beautiful and good for them. But the honest truth is that if you're a size 34, um, just for one example, or a size 24 or somewhere else on the continuum, your body, how you're going to look in a piece is different than how a size 10 person looks in a piece Uh and so I feel like a couple of things you know I want people not just one model that they get who's a token model who's at the very bottom of what they consider plus size Uh I want people in the company I want people who are you know who are working on with the fabric and who are working with right, the right. to be actually plus size and say, look, this is garbage, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's true. I, I think, think that you, I
0: think that you really have to consult with someone who's living that life mm-hmm. and who can go in and say, and you can dress them and drape them and realize, okay, these, this person is a plus, a plus size first, right? a three X. Okay. Right. But with that, just like you do with someone who's smaller, a 10 can look different on a shorter person than it does on a taller person than it does. on somebody who might be in the middle. So you have right. to realize that, you know, um, you know, three X can come in different sizes. Now I'm a five one. Okay, my my weight is distributed differently than a plus someone taller than me who's a three X. Right. You know, so we have to keep all these things in mind. But I think that uh, having people on board that can help with that, Mm -hmm. it would definitely be
1: key. I think that in the meantime, until we get this empire rolling <laughs> yeah. In the design room. I think that something, a couple of things that I would say are, um, on Instagram and on other social media, um, watch your hashtags, look for body positive fashion, you mm-hmm. know, or, or fat positive and stuff like that. And there are women out there, um, of many sizes and men also who are modeling clothing from various companies and saying, you know, this works for me. I've even seen people who are look, who say, look, I weigh 345 pounds. I'm a size 28. These are my measurements. And there are starting to be more and more. And uh-huh. what I love about this is not just that it kind of demystifies, you know, um kind of the fear of saying, Oh yes, I exist and I weigh more than 115 pounds. Mm-hmm. But I feel like with with these hashtags and when you find these people, you can even find people. I mean, I love just watching even if they're not my body type or not my style not wearing some stuff it's my style because i just love to see like oh my gosh look at these awesome human beings and mm-hmm. they're out here and they're doing this and they're being confident and they're not afraid to share their journey and um and they're doing this and i can see this and cheer them on but also it helps my confidence um, but you can find people who are doing this who have a similar body type to yours. Mm-hmm. Say, oh my gosh, well, if this works on them, this would probably work on me. Um, so while it might not be coming from the companies themselves, you know I've seen people who um, who have similar body types to mine and thought, oh, um, I bet you know this style of dress would would look you know would work well with my. Mm-hmm. Body. And the other thing is, everybody, don't be afraid to take your measurements.
0: You know, oh, yeah, don't be afraid to do that because that's good information.
1: I used to I used to be afraid to face it. I used to be afraid to look at my measurements because, you know, so many songs and so many stores and 36, 24, 36, whatever. If you're you're not. Right, right. About you being a brick house. And I'm like, oh no. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm still (laughs) a
0: brick house. And you're a brick house.
1: Oh, thank you. You know. So it's like, yeah, just take your measurements and know. And And it's
0: important to you to do that because that, that makes shopping online easier for you. Yes, um, too. and you know, if you're on a weight loss journey, it's good to do because it, it helps you keep up with, you know, sometimes you lose inches before you see the weight gone. Yep. So that's important and encouraging. But I think that, um, the important thing is, as I, I mean, I just say this often is that You know, don't be afraid to do your research. Don't be afraid to seek out companies that aren't always on the radar Mm -hmm. because we have some hidden companies that sell great plus size clothing. You know, that we don't hear all the time, that we don't hear about (laughs) all the time. Because we hear about the LBs and the, you know, uh, Eloquies and, you know, um, Ashley Stewarts and things of that nature, which are all great brands. Um, could they, could one or two of them use a little off, yeah, but you know, for the most part, those are the brands that we hear about all the time, but they're, you know, I will always, uh, uh, talk about women with men because that's where I shopped at for a long, long time, you know, because I, I, I stopped going out to my clothes. So I started buying clothes online because it was just easier and, you know, They go from I can't remember. I think they go to like a forty-six or something. I'm I'm not not even I can't even remember right now. But I I bought most of my clothes there. T-shirts and shorts and I wasn't even wearing jeans. But I bought a bunch of leggings. So you know I I think that we just have to do our research. They have good quality clothes, and um, that is what you want to want to look for. Is good quality, long-lasting um, fabrics that are breathable, comfortable, and you know makes you feel good because you know when you look good, you feel good, honey. And um, that's what that's what's important. You want to soak up that for your mental because um, you know there are so many different struggles that go along with being plus size. So you want to take care of. Your mental, so that's self care. We want to be sure to speak to ourselves, self talk, because all of these things are important to our uh, livelihood. You know, without these things and speaking in positive terms to yourself are all important when um, any for anyone, but particularly when you're plus size and. And you may be feeling as though you're less than when, in fact, you're all that in a bag of chips honey. So um, Betsy, oh my gosh, I just love talking to you. I
1: love I, talking to like, you. We could
0: just like talk all day.
1: I, but, feel, I could definitely talk to you all day. You're Things <laughs> to do.
0: But, uh, oh, yes, it's always, uh, I mean, today is just a crazy day. Normally I'm not like that but i want to thank you though and i want to offer you to give us a few words of advice you know life love uh, plus size fashion whatever you know three things that you want to share with us before we wrap up
1: well that's so nice of you you've already let me talk so much um <laughs> it was all about you i feel like i wanted to ask so many other things about you i asked some things about you but I okay um yes okay i'll have to catch up with all of your episodes of of brunch with you and everything like that so too so um something that really demystified a lot of how i felt about my body image is that i lived in los angeles from 2008 to 2014 and my i was um because of my ex who worked at Condé Nast, which is Vogue, Vanity Fair, Allure, Glamour, mm-hmm. all those magazines, I did walk red carpets and I was in proximity to quite a few famous people just through that, but also just living where I lived. And something that I noticed, which was so different than what than all the information and in advertising, mm-hmm. the interviews throughout my life, is that I would be standing next to somebody who had been a contestant for Miss Universe or was um, you know, an, an Academy Award winning actress or someone who was a supermodel who got paid millions of dollars for ad campaigns. And there were so many times when those women were slouching and looked sad and insecure and were fiddling with their clothes. And I thought, but, she is touted as absolutely stunning and the epitome mm. of beauty and far superior to any near mortal. And I realized that all of these beauty standards and all of this pressure and all of these insults about any imperfection affected those women just like it affected us. Mm. And I realized that so much of it was to make money. Oh, well, this thing's wrong with you. We're going to tell you that you're not okay like you are. Uh We're going to tell you that you need help, that you need to be fixed. And thankfully, we have this very expensive product, which will help (laughs) you on your way. Exactly. (laughs) This is all a game. It's all rigged. Uh And when I saw those women feeling like that, in no way did it make me happy I am not one of those let's trump other women, let's mock oh, no. people to make myself better myself feel better. People that doesn't do no. But I would see them and I would be so sad and I would think everybody has this happen to them. Mm-hmm. Everybody has these times. They're part of the game and they're being told this probably more than anyone else because they have so much pressure. And I You know, not give up on my body, not be mm-hmm. back to it. But it, that's when I realized, and this was when I was coming back from feeling so low about being disabled too, because this was already after the accident. And I was like, hey, so much of this is a scam.
2: Mm.
1: Don't play into their scam. All right. Don't be part of this message get out, break free, be happy.
2: Yes, do all that.
1: Life. For yes. sure. So I think that was a big thing for me. Um, But then also, um, you know, I think a lot of times we can get stuck in our head. Mm -hmm. We feel down and it can feel really dark in there and really lonely. And I just want to say, look around, look at, like I said, look at these hashtags of being fat positive, body positive, um, being kind to yourself, look around and there's so much to see and there's so much good stuff on oh, there's so much beauty in the clothes okay. clothes and everything else you know when you get dressed in the morning celebrate yourself you know take yes. that tell yourself i look beautiful i'm gonna do good things today i'm gonna make a positive change somehow today i can do that and it has nothing to do with the label of my clothing size
0: uh-uh. nothing at all it comes from within and we want to always pour life into our own selves you're right you know because what you just can't pour from an empty cup but as long as we're pouring life into ourselves, and we're feeling that change we're feeling that we can always encourage the next person we can always uplift the next person so i agree i mean love yourself accept yourself first
1: yes my last piece of advice is keep listening to the show because this is going to be an amazing, I don't mean my episode. You <laughs> to be- I don't mean listen to my episode. Okay? Yes. Listen keep to this. Listening, episode. Keep listening to the episodes of the show that Rhonda is making, because this is important and what she is doing is important and take, take in all the good stuff about all the wonderful things that we all can do. Yeah, I really love do that. Okay, so,
0: Thank you so much. I think that, um, I, again, I say that I wanted to create the, the, the podcast to get out stories about, you know, uh, acceptance or, you know, issues that one has with themselves, how they overcame it, what they've gone through, the struggles, the ups, the downs, the wins, you know. So I because like I say, honey, somebody needs to hear it. So, you know, with that being said, Betsy, thank you again for taking this time to uh, join me on the podcast. Is it because I'm fat? Is it? I don't know. You'll have to let me know in the comments. Uh, Please let me know. Add it to your favor. Share it to someone who needs to hear this. And until next next time, you guys have an amazing day.